Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Hey, I'm going to ask our church board members if they'd come and join me really quick, and Steve Youngworth, if you'd come up and join me too. We want to be able to pray for you if you've got a need this morning. Um, we realize that not everybody maybe feels joyful today. Maybe you're at home watching online or you're on the road today and you're watching. Maybe it's not even Sunday. It's a couple days afterwards. We want to pray for you today. Uh, Steve is filling in for Kathy this morning, his wife. Uh, she fell last Friday uh, and actually uh, did some pretty extensive injuries, has a fracture in her vertebrae. Uh, she's in an incredible amount of pain. Um, it, it should heal over time. But I believe that God wants to do something great this morning. And there's so many others. Uh, we want you to know we want to stand here as a leadership of your church and call upon God to work in your life in incredible ways. So if you have a need this morning, feel free. You can come up. You can stay where you're at. We're going to cover you in prayer. Maybe you just would raise your hand and say, I've got a need this morning and I need God to do something incredible. We want to take this time to be able to pray. Gentlemen, let's pray together this morning. Lord, we call upon your name. Lord, when we don't have the answers, when we don't know, we know that there is a God who does know. Jesus, we ask you to move in your power and your might today. Lord, we ask your hand to move over Kathy's spine. And Lord, to heal it in the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to relieve that pain. God, I pray that there, I know that there is a purpose in the middle of this. And God, I pray that your presence would begin to permeate the room that she's in right now. She would sense the Holy Spirit beginning to just move over and through her and in her. Lord, for others today, God, we pray for miraculous healings to take place. We lift up Ruth to you today, God, that you would meet her right where she is. Lord, we pray that the word in him. Lord, we pray this morning for Al and Karen that, God, you have a special blessing for them this morning right where they're at in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, for all these other needs this morning, that God, you are the blessing. God, you are the sustainer. That God, you do what no one else can do. You take the mess of our life, you take the mess that the enemy throws at us, and you turn it into something beautiful and amazing. The story is still being written this morning. And we give you praise, glory, and honor today. And God's people said, Hey, let's keep worshiping the Lord this morning. Robbie, would you lead us in the next song? I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven My praise belongs to you forever This is my testimony This is my testimony From death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Come together, sons and daughters. Bought with blood and washed in water. Praises of the Spirit, Son, and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Oh, our God. Do you believe that? This is my testimony. This is my testimony. From death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony, this is my testimony. Are you-
you alive this morning? If you are, sing it out. If I'm not dead, you're not done. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Come on, declare it. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. This is my testimony. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. This is my testimony, oh I'm alive, this is my testimony, from death to life, the grace rewrote my story, I'll testify, by Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified, this is my testimony, this is teach you a new song this morning. You got the words in front of you. If you had a chance to listen to it, you can join with us and sing it. But if it's new for you the first time, just listen as we sing. The song is called Lion. God is the lion in our life. <laughs> He's in charge. He's sovereign. Let him roar. And let him do what he wants to do in your life. Here's how it goes. God of Jacob, great I am. King of angels, son of man. Voice of many waters, song of heaven's throne. Louder than the thunder. Make your glory known. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Let the lion roar, 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 roar. Proud of Zion, prophets woe, I'm Messiah, flesh and bone. You alone are worthy. Like a lamb suffered, but the lion has a robe. Hail, hail, lion of Judah, let the lion roar. Hail, hail, lion of Judah, let the lion roar. Hail, hail, lion of Judah, let the lion Prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way, 
prepare the way of the Lord, O valley, and be raised up, O mountain, be made low, O valley, be raised up, O mountain, be made low, O valley, be raised up, O mountain, be made but he wants to do a bigger work in and through our communities. That's what he wants to speak to us today about. Let's pray one more time before we move on. Lord, I pray over the next few moments. God, I know that in myself and in Miss Jackie, you have filled us with the fuel of your word for today. God, there is no question. I know that deep within my spirit, there is a word ready to be unleashed today. And God, I pray for the anointing to be able to preach it effective. Lord, light me up, not for my benefit, but for the benefit of your people to hear the word and respond. God, we thank you this morning that you are here to meet with us. And that God, as we have pushed forward trying to be obedient to you, you have shown your hand of blessing this week. And Lord, you are showing us what you want to continue to do. God, I pray for great things to take place over the next few moments, that people's lives would, would begin to reflect and realize we are blessed and that we are called to be a blessing. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, man, you can be seated. Kids, we are dismissing you at this time to go with Miss Jackie. We are excited. There they go. We're excited, you guys, for BBS tonight. It's going to be phenomenal. I want to get right into the Word of God today. Um, we're, we're talking about a passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it. I'm going to give you some commentary really quick because I think it's important for you to understand the historical significance of what's happening in our Scripture. And then I'm going to lay three rapid-fire preaching points on you today. So let's jump into it. Uh, after King Solomon's death in around 930 B.C., the kingdom of Israel was split into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom which retained the name Israel, and the southern kingdom called Judah. Lion of Judah, all right, where we see where this is coming from. Named after the tribe of Judah. That's where we find ourselves in Scripture today, looking at in 2 Kings chapter 3. And it reads as follows. Jerome, the son of, of Ahab, became king of Israel in Samaria in the 18th year of Joseph, Josephat, the king of Judah. And he reigned 12 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not as his father and mother had done. He got rid of the sacred stone of Baal and his father had, that his father had made. Nevertheless, he clung to the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. He did not turn away from them. 
Now Misha, king of Moab, raised sheep, and he had to pay the king of Israel a tribute of a hundred thousand lambs and the wool of a hundred thousand rams. Uh, Thab died. The king of Moab for Samaria. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? I will go with you, he replied. I am as you are, my people as your people, my house as your house. By what route shall we, we attack, he asked. Through the desert of Edom, he answered. So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. After a roundabout march for seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or the animals with them. What, exclaimed the king of Israel? What has the Lord called us three kings together only to deliver us into the hands of Moab? But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Sophat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elisha. He was Elijah's intern. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Elisha said to the king of Israel, why do you want to involve me? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. In other words, he's saying to the king of Israel, why don't you go inquire of your false gods to see if they would do something? Because in fact, uh, Baal was the god of water. They ran out of water. He's like, well, hey, if you know what you're doing and you have left, you have left God behind, why don't you inquire of your false gods and see that they'll, they'll answer you? No, the king of Israel answered, because it was the Lord who called us three kings together to deliver us into the hands of Moab. So he's got a real cocky attitude. Elisha said, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I did not have respect for the, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not pay any attention to you. But now bring me a harpist. And while the harpist was playing, while the worship team was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha. He then said, God's word, dig ditches all over this valley. Here's what will happen. You won't hear the wind. You won't see the rain. But this valley is going to fill up with water and the army, of you, the army and your animals will drink their fill. This is easy for God to do. He will also hand over Moab to you. You will ravage the country, knock it out of its foundations, level the key villages, clear cut the orchards, clog the springs, and litter the cultivated fields with stones. The next morning, about that time of the offering, the sacrifice there, it was about the time, let's try this again. The next morning, about the time of offering the sacrifice, there it was, water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the land was filled with water. Now the Moabites had heard that the kings had come to fight against them. So every man, young and old, could bear, that could bear arms was called up and stationed on the border. When they got up early in the morning, the sun was shining on the water. To the Moabites across the way, the water looked red like blood. That's blood, they said. The kings must have fought and slaughtered each other. Now let's go and plunder for Moab. But when the Moabites came to the camp of the Israel, the Israelites rose up and fought them until they fled. And the Israelites invaded the land, slaughtered the Moabites. They destroyed their towns. They threw stones on every good field. They stopped up all the springs, cut down every good tree. And God was faithful on that day. Let me give you some commentary before I let you in on my three points for today. And give us a little bit of background. Jerome was the king of Israel, and he was the son of Ahab and Jezebel. You might remember them from the biblical account of Elijah and the prophets of Mount Carmel. They did not follow God. They were hardly a godly man. And he showed some respect to the images dedicated to Baal. We find that in 1 Kings chapter 16. And he showed some respect for Elisha. However, Baal worship nor the golden calves was removed from the culture during his reign. And the image that he, he did have removed of Baal uh, was found, found its way back into the culture, and it was Jehu who destroyed it in 2 Kings chapter 10. 
Jerome acknowledged that the Lord is God, but he did not serve him with his whole heart. He was half-hearted as best. So what's the deal with King Mesha of Moab? The land of Moab was especially suited for raising sheep, but an annual tribute uh, to Israel of 100,000 lambs of wool and 1,000 rams, uh, or 1,000, sorry, 1,000 lambs and the wool of 1,000 rams was certainly a demanding one. Ahab's death and Isaiah's brief reign of less than two years gave Mesa the opportunity to rebel. Then Jerome, a young man, took the throne of Israel. It seemed like an opportune time for Moab to break the yoke once and for all. But Jerome didn't want to lose the free income, and he did not want his people to think that he was a weak ruler. So he took a military census and prepared for war. So now what about this king Jehoshaphat of Judah? Spiritually, Jehoshaphat began his reign in a positive way. 2 Chronicles 17 gives us his, uh, his account. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the ways of his father David before him. He did not consult the balls, but sought the true God of his father and followed his commands rather than practice the practices of Israel. The Lord established the king, his kingdom under his control, and all Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat so that, uh, so that he had great wealth and honor. His heart was devoted to the things and the ways of the Lord. Furthermore, he removed the high, from the high places all Asherah poles from Judah. In addition, Jehoshaphat sent men throughout the kingdom to teach and preach the word of the Lord. What an awesome guy. It's kind of interesting that just a few weeks ago we talked about tearing down the false altars in our life, and now we're seeing the benefit of that in someone's life and leadership. Jehoshaphat was married to Jerome's sister, or uh, Jerome's sister. So it seemed only right that Jerome would ask the king of Jehosh King Jehoshaphat to go with him to punish Moab. A year before, the Moabites and Ammonites had declared war on Judah, and Jehoshaphat had soundly defeated them with the Lord's help, found in 2 Chronicles 20. King Joram wanted allies like this by his side. The two kings decided not to attack from the north because the north border of Moab was heavily fortified and the Ammonites might interfere and bring another army into the mess. But to make an attack around the southern side of the Dead Sea, Jerome's army would march south through Judah, pick up Jehoshaphat's men, and then both armies would march through Edom and be joined by the Edomite army. So then they find themselves in need in verses 19 through 14. The plan was a good one. Jerome's army left Samaria and after three days marched and joined Jehoshaphat's army in Judah, probably at Jerusalem. Then both armies proceeded to the south to Edom, a journey of about four days. So after this seven-day march, the armies arrived in the valley at the southern end of the Dead Sea between the mountains and Judah and Moab. Everything was going well except for the fact that they now had run out of water, something crucial to the game plan. The soldiers were thirsty their animals that they had had nothing to drink. They had brought along food, but now had run out of life-giving water. Jehoshaphat, while, while king, uh, the king of Israel, Jerome, kind of blamed God for this whole thing. We find that in Scripture. Look, God, God's brought us together just to have us defeated. Jehoshaphat had a different point of view. The king of Israel, one of his own officers, by the leading of the Lord, at this hour, at time, Elisha was the most valuable man in the combined armies of these three nations. A man who would seek the Lord for wisdom. We aren't told where Elijah was, but the three kings humbled themselves and went there and asked for his help. And Elisha made it clear that he wasn't there to help the king of Israel, but he was there to help King Jehoshaphat, the son of David, because this individual had chosen to follow the Lord. Here's point one this morning. If you're following Jesus this morning, if you're doing your best to walk in your ways, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you're going after him, you're trying to be discipled, you're trying to, to do everything that God wants to do in your life, you are blessed today. If you're saved this morning, would you just raise your hand? you have a, a salvation experience with the Lord. Awesome. And if you don't, in a few minutes, we'll give you that opportunity. 
Let me tell you, no matter what else happens in this life, whatever, whatever cards the deck of life gives you, you are blessed. Because you are redeemed by our Savior. That no matter what happens, there will come a time when our life is over and we will enter into the kingdom of God. You're blessed. I'm blessed this morning that God would take a screw-up like me, a kid who had no right to be preaching the word, someone who, whose family has, was messed up and whose father did some things in ministry that he shouldn't have and, and all this kind of junk. God has blessed me with a calling to be able to be here. I'm blessed. I'm not better, but I'm blessed. And you're not better than anybody else, but you are blessed if you know Jesus this morning. And if you are blessed, then you are called to be a blessing. You're called to be a blessing. King Jehoshaphat was blessed because he followed God. And in turn, he chose to be a blessing to those in need. Here's the thing with church culture. We, we often only want the blessing that we want, not the blessing that God wants to give. we got to have it fit into our church mindset. This is the kind of blessing that I want. These are the kind of blessings that God can do. i got to tell you, when we think that way, it hinders what God wants to do because His blessing is far bigger than our mindset. But the problem is, is that not only do we put in the, the, the blessing of God in a box, but then we say how we can bless others, we put in a box. And we say, well, I'll only bless others if it, if it requires this or that or the other. You know what type of blessings most church people like? The kind that requires them just to sit in the pew and never do anything uncomfortable. But can I tell you something? I can't find a single example of that in the Bible anywhere. It doesn't exist. When we look at all these men and women who chose to follow God, it seems that when God calls them to be a blessing, it requires them to get a little bit uncomfortable to step into situations that are a little bit different, that maybe don't fit into the church culture that we created. I think that's what God is calling us to do. God's calling you to be a blessing in your neighborhood, your workplace, your marketplace, on your school campus. God's calling you to be a blessing because you are blessed by Him. To be a blessing, not a jerk. Not to be arrogant or self-righteous. I think sometimes I see people in church culture and they're like, they tell you how good they are. Let me tell you about all the great things God's done in my life and they belittle people who don't have an experience with God. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to be confident in our blessing that God has given us through our salvation. But we are also called to be compassionate and not in this week. Wouldn't it be, and we want, and some of you might say, you know what, I, that Jesus would never do that. Jesus would never go to, to go and hang out at, at a secular church community party. He, he just wants the party to be in the church building. That's it. But let me tell you, not only would Jesus go, but Jesus went. Because in John chapter 2, he goes to the wedding of Cana, which weddings then were very different. They were like a week-long celebration, and they were a party. In fact, in John chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and Jesus was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Can you come and be a part? But there was a problem. When he shows up on the scene, there's several days into the wedding, and, and, and you were supposed to, as, as the wedding party, you were supposed to have all the stuff, the food and the drink and the beverages for the entire week so that people could celebrate. But there was a problem. They ran out of wine. Jesus' mom goes to Jesus and goes, hey, we need you to do something. Jesus goes, hey, I don't think it's time for my ministry yet. Jesus' mom just kind of raises her eyebrow, and Jesus goes, okay, let's get it done. Um, and Jesus turns water into wine. And I'm just going to tell you, when this passage is preached correctly, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but when it's preached correctly, it makes us uncomfortable, most of us. Because what we do is we hear people and preachers and things go, well, it wasn't really wine, it was grape juice. That's biblically not true. The word used for wine is the exact same word used when the Bible says, do not get drunk on wine. 
And so we come to this point where all of a sudden Jesus is doing something that doesn't fit into our church mindset. And what we do is instead of dealing with the, the, the uncomfortability of that, we move it on. We make excuses or we just pass it by and we don't talk about it. The fact is, is Jesus is blessed. He's the Son of God. And he stepped into the community to be a blessing. And that is what he has called you and I to do. And sometimes it does not fit within the parameters of our church mindset. It's a little bit uncomfortable. But God has called you to not only be blessed by him, but to be a blessing to your community, your workplace, to your school campus, to the marketplace. Point number two, digging in the dirt. I'm going to tell you this. We all want to see miracles. We, we, we talk about it, we believe it, we pray for it, but I want to tell you, the, the, the thing that is tied to biblical miracles happening is obedience. It's obedience. Back in verse 16 and 19 of our scripture today, it says this, while the harpist played, the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and said, uh, this was God's word, dig ditches all over this valley. Dig ditches. That seems a little crazy. To grab a shovel, it's dry, it's deserty, there is no sign of water. But God spoke through a man named Elijah to the kings. The kings relayed the word from the Lord to the people. And the word was dig ditches. Dig holes all over this valley. I don't know if Mason's here this morning or not. If you haven't met Mason yet, he is phenomenal. Uh, his business digs wells. They could have used you, Mason, right here uh, for this problem. They needed some wells. But God's word wasn't to dig a well, it was dig ditches. Dig ditches in the desert. That doesn't seem to make any sense in this barren valley. It was dry. There was no sign of water. There was no sign of rain. And when they went to bed that night, I've got to think that these guys who dug these did the graves for tomorrow morning, they were still obedient to what God is saying, but the fact is that we need to be obedient to what God has asked us to do. Our minds sometimes struggle when God asks us to do things that don't seem to make any sense. But the next morning, a flood swept over the land. It came from the north and, and just came and it filled this valley and then the, as the flood left, guess what? All those pools were filled with water. There was more than enough water for all the people and all the animals, and there was left over. Because when God blesses, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. When Jesus was in Cana, he didn't water down the miracle. God doesn't want us to water down our obedience, and he doesn't want to water down the blessing that he wants to have in our life. Obedience is key. And it was a double-sided blessing. Because the next morning when, when the Moabites got up, they looked out, they looked out over this valley and they see all this, this stuff and the composite of the dirt and the water together with the reflection of the sun, it looked like blood. They thought, these guys had killed each other. We're just going to go down and just reap the rewards. And God drew in the enemy. The enemy got closer and then Israel and Judah wiped them out. They cleaned the floor with them. I want to tell you something this morning. It doesn't make sense sometimes what God asks you to do. But obedience is key. Over the last several weeks, I've been doing all these crazy illustrations that seemed absolutely humiliating. We took a 10-pound bag of flour, poured it over me. I preached like a white ghost out here. Every time I pronounced something too hard, flour was spewing off. We had, this, we had this fire pit out here and we, we threw cards for the altars that, that, that we had in our life and we threw it in the fire. Some of you might think, well, that's just silly illustration. Two weeks ago, I jumped in the baptismal pool because God said, hey, if you jump in the baptismal pool, somebody will get baptized. And guess what? He did it. And you might look at all those things and go, pastor, it's just crazy. I want to tell you, I prayed very specifically for every service, and I believe it was under God's direction that we did all these things. 
And you might think to yourself, what are the rewards from all this craziness and having service outside? Let me tell you, we've started to reap some incredible rewards over the last week. Because last Sunday, I met with a leader from another church who said, two years ago, Pastor, you wrote an article in the, in the, in the, the paper for the city, and you apologized for playing church instead of being the church, and that you were going to be changed and transformed, and you were going to start stepping up to the plate as a church. He said, we read that, and it stuck with us. We've watched you over the last two years, and we know people that attend your church, and we have seen a transformation. You guys are serving, and you guys are outside, and you're doing all these things. Can you come speak to our church? Because we want whatever your people have. Guys, we're making a difference in ways that we can't even realize. In ways that we don't realize. It's God. And as we've been obedient, guess what? He has opened the floodgates. There are more things happening behind the scenes than we see happening. All God's called us to do is dig the ditches. And in that process, some lives are being touched, changed, and transformed. You'll hear some testimonies at our picnic service about some of the things that we've done and how it has impacted some lives and souls for the kingdom of God. I'm excited for those testimonies, but I want to finish up today's word for you. Worship team, if you get ready to come back. Listen, to be obedient, you have to know. You have to know God is speaking, what he is speaking. And then you have to have the courage to be obedient. And I'm going to say this, God will always speak his word. And we have about that at a later time. Give me a point is this. Tools to help you in that journey. But the third point is this. You have to finish off the things that you start. The last thing we see in this passage of Scripture is that God commands the armies to go through and totally wipe out Moab. Because for generations after generations after generation, the Moabites would come and be a thorn in the side of the people of God. And they never finished the battle. It was always just enough. And then Moab would go back. They'd be fine for a generation. They'd build back up and then they'd be a, a thorn in the flesh again. God said, look, all in. Go all the way. Because if you don't, the thing that you linger will eat you alive a generation later. Not only will it affect your life later, but it will affect your kids and your grandkids. When God speaks to us, we have to be all in all the way. It's not half-hearted obedience. We see the problem with that because that's where the king of Israel was at. He went half-hearted and the blessing of God wasn't on him. But the king who said, I'm all in with the king. I'm all in with the lion. The blessing of God was on him. And when he stepped up to serve, the presence of God moved on his behalf. Church, go all in with the kingdom. Obey the things God tells you to do. And then watch the miracles begin to roll out. Watch the favor of God that is on you because it's contagious. Too much the church is worried about, well, we can't hang out with sinners because they'll affect us with their sin. It's backwards to a follower of God who's committed to the things of God. When we step into our culture, the presence of God is contagious. We have cowered down too much. It's time to be bold and love on people in our community. Not belittle them, not tear them down, but say, I'm here to serve. I got a shovel in hand. Show me where I can start digging. Because the blessing of God goes with the followers of God. And we may not see it. You may be waiting for a miracle in your marriage, in your kids, in your grandkids. Keep digging ditches because God's not done. And there is a new morning coming. And one morning, you're going to wake up and all of a sudden, the water is flowing. It's rolling in. And it had nothing to do with you except your obedience. It's the hand of God flowing through your life to do something greater. I'm a little bit excited about this. <laughs> Because I won't, I've seen it in my own life. And I want you to experience it. Because it's life changing. 
I'm not who I was just two years ago because God got a hold of me and started to show me, son, just be obedient and I will flow through your life. I've watched the hand of God do miracles in my life and in the lives of others. I've watched the blessing God's put on me be contagious to people in our community. Friday, I took 15 minutes out of my day because a guy was stuck here in town. He was trying to get up to Gillette, couldn't get there. I said, let me, I will pay for your gas, but you got to give me five minutes of your time. And he knew I was a pastor. He knew I was going to come after him with the word of God. But I just said, I want you to know Jesus loves you. I love you. I said, I could give you all sorts of things, but I said, I'm going to give you some free gifts instead. And I went with a pile of stuff and I said, our church wants to bless you, not just with gas, but with the word of God today. We prayed for each other. We talked. It's amazing. Sometimes you'll be praying, God will give you the words. He's like, how did you know all that? I didn't know it. The king knew it. Because the blessed seat this morning, I'm going to come really cool. No that type of blessing. You want to know about the miracles that can happen in your life, the life-changing power that can change your situations, or if nothing else, change your perspective on the situations you're facing. His name is Jesus. He is real, and he wants to save you. This morning, if you want a relationship with Jesus, I want to pray with you. We're not here to embarrass you. We just want to give you the opportunity. Would you pray with me if you want that relationship this morning? Jesus, I am not perfect. I'm broken. I'm far from what I should be. And I need a Savior in my life. A Savior from my sin, a Savior from my problems, a Savior from my own self-destruction in my life. Jesus, I take a leap of faith and I proclaim that you are the Son of God. And I ask you to come into my life and save me and change me. I believe that you died and that you rose again. And this morning you are calling me to be a son and a daughter and to live in your blessing and to be a blessing. I accept you as my Savior this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. If you made that decision today, I want you to find me while they play this song. I just want to talk to you for just a moment. I'll be right over here. I just want to talk to you for a moment. I promise I'm not there to embarrass you. But if you made that decision, please come find me. Robbie's going to lead this song. I'm going to come back and give you a little bit of closing instruction today. Robbie, would you lead that song one more time? God of Jacob, great I am. King of angels, son of man. Many waters, song of heaven's throne, louder than the thunder, make your glory known. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah, let the lion roar. Let the lion roar, lion of Judah. Let the lion roar, lion of Judah. Let the lion
people make decisions for Jesus this morning, so we are getting ready to baptize them in water today. Come on! Jesus is roaring today! I want to share one more thing with you. This message was birthed in me two weeks ago. I was at a retreat center, just spending time with the Lord and writing some messages, doing some calendar work. I was in the process of writing this, and I, it was stirring in my heart. I'm like, God, I feel like there's something more with what we've done with outdoor services. Like there's some way we can, we can serve. I want to be like Jehoshaphat. I want to be our church to be able to step in, but I don't know where the opportunity is. And then my phone went off. It was the city of Ripon. Hey, we're doing an event on September 17th. It's called September Fest. We're having a hard time finding volunteers. Would your church be willing to come help us? Come on. Come on. September Fest uh, is kind of brought together. The big thing that they do is a car show. Uh, there will also be a cornhole tournament going on that we don't have anything to do with. And you're like, Pastor, well, well what are we going to do? Because I want to know what we need to do before I say I'm going to go and show up. I'm just going to tell you, I'm showing up on September 17th with a Hillside Assembly t-shirt. I'm going to go serve. And if they say, look, what we really need done is we need somebody to push a broom. As long as I can do it in the city streets, I will do a blessing to them because I am blessed by the Lord. Period. Now we're talking about a couple things. I'll meet with uh, some city officials this week to, to get the plans down for September 17th. I'm going to tell you, I will be there. If I'm the only one, I will be greatly disappointed, but I will still serve with character, integrity, love, and passion. But I hope that you will come serve with me. I hope that you will be willing to put on a hillside assembly shirt, and if nothing else, just talk to some people downtown. Rub some shoulders with our community that we do life with. 
Love on some people. Because that's what we're called to do. Now look, we're not going to go downtown, have a hillside assembly, you know, booth and put beer on tap and go, hey, let's have a party. That's not what we're called to do, all right? It's not, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying we can go and serve and show the favor, the love, and the compassion of the Lord to our community. So I'll have more details in the days ahead. But I hope you will come and serve with me because we have watched the word of God come to life today. God has said, not only is the word for you to hear, the word is for you to respond. Here is an ad, an opportunity to step into obedience and watch what I'll do. I want to go see what God will do. I want to go dig some ditches. I hope you do too. Well, hey, I want to introduce you to these two guys because they are amazing this morning. And so I'm going to ask uh, if they'd come over. Uh, this is John. We're going we're gonna to step over here so we don't get feedback really quick. But John, if you could just step up and, uh, you know, tell these people how we met. Right up here, right up here. I ran out of gas trying to go from Milwaukee to Gillette. Coming through here, called the pastor to ask for help. He was blessing me and came down and quick trip and gave me gas to get home. Friend called me up today and asked me to come down and help him at 60 years old and said, sure. So I came down and you guys were having service and I, I'm like, I got to go. Come on. I made a decision to follow Jesus today. Yep. And, and you can step up. It's Jessica. Yeah. Yep. Jessica, just tell us a little bit about you. Um, I'm not originally from here. I'm from Cedarburg. I went to church my whole life. Um, stopped going, stopped believing for a while. A lot of stuff was happening to me and I just stopped believing and God brought me here and started to accept Jesus again. Come on, come on. This is why we have church. Oh, I'm so excited. John, we're going to baptize you first, brother. I do apologize. We had to fill this up this morning. It's all good. But we didn't put any ice in it. All right? So it's cold, but you'll survive, I promise. And I've never lost anybody yet. All right? So you can stop. It is a step down here. So whatever works best to get in there, brother. I'll, hold, I'll help you get in there. All right, we're gonna have you. We're gonna have you sit. We're gonna have you face this way, other way, other way. Oh. Have you face that way? We're just gonna have you sit down, and then scoot, scoot as far forward as you can. It's okay. The they need the water out there, man. Somebody dug some ditches. They're all gonna fill up. It's all right. John, what I'm gonna have you do is I'm gonna have you held your hands up here like this. I'm gonna say a few words, and then I'm gonna baptize you. All right. We're gonna take you under, and then I'm gonna bring you back up. I promise I'm not gonna hold you down. John, on your confession of faith, that you have decided to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We love you, man. Thank you. Would you get phone numbers? Do the same thing, Jessica. I am so sorry. I'm going to have you do the same thing, absolutely. Jessica, on your confession of faith, that you have decided to accept the Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Guys, we love you as a church. We want to do everything that we can to help support you. Uh, and if it's not plugging in here, helping you find a church to plug into that can love on you and just help you in your journey. Uh, my wife will take you back, show, take you back to where your clothes are this morning, get your information from you. But church, can we just love on them? And then before you leave, come back out because all these people are going to want to meet you, man. Uh, we love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of our service today. Thank you. I think we had church. You know what? 
Robbie, we just we, we got to do it one more time, man. We got we got to do Lion of Judah one more time as we leave today. This is the official dismissal of our service. We'd love for you to hang around, meet these folks, but also help us tear down. That would be great because we have VBS this afternoon. But how many of you know that we serve a God who's awesome? Come on. Come on. A word from God. We have an opportunity to walk it out in obedience. We preach the word. We saw two people get saved. Two people get baptized. Come on. The lion is roaring this morning. Let's praise God one more time. Robbie, worship team, would you lead us? Lord, we thank you today that God, as we leave this place, that we go here realizing we are blessed and we are called to be a blessing. That God, your spirit will flow through us, in us, and on to the people we do life with. God, help us to live with that kind of confidence. God, I believe greater miracles are about to happen as we are obedient. God, you are going to help us as we dig ditches. God, I believe in time, when you say it's ready, the flow of God is going to come and fill the pools that we have been digging, and we are going to see greater things happen. God, we pray this morning a blessing over our offering. That God, you would bless every person that gives. You would help us, God, to put those finances into the right investments in your kingdom. To preach the word and to reach the lost. We give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. God's people said, let's sing one more time.
Yeah. 